Hi, Rav Judah here with Bavakama Perak Yud, Mishnah Yud. For those who have been following since the beginning, we are finishing Bavakama today. Uh, the Mishnah deals with a question of what happens to leftovers. You don't want to be a thief, but who gets the leftovers? Um, Woody Allen once quipped in one of his books, he raised the question of when a person goes and gets a haircut, uh, does the hair, once it hits the floor of the shop, does it belong to the barber? Or could a person claim it back and say, look, it's my hair, I want it back, I want to do something with it? Um, in a more serious vein, uh, I used to work with a sofer who was a person of great integrity. And when this scribe would write a get, a Jewish bill of divorce, so that person was effectively hired to go and write on behalf of the husband and the wife and, and to execute this divorce, and so to write the document. And this sofer was, was, as I mentioned, a very honest person. So what he would do is in the process of being directed, and I would usually prepare um, people for this because the question would catch them off guard. It's a sensitive moment and a, a stressful moment. I would say, just so you know, the sofer is going to ask you. He's going to purchase, effectively, a quill and ink and parchment to write this get. He's going to ask you if he can keep the leftover ink. And people would look at me like I was from Mars, like, what are you talking about? I'd say, well, he doesn't want to steal. He doesn't want to even steal a few drops of ink, but you're probably not going to use the ink. You don't necessarily really want the quill. Uh, so... He's going to ask you if you mind if he keeps the quill and ink because it's been purchased for you and it belongs to you, but then uh, would like to keep the leftovers. And almost invariably, people said, yeah, just take it. So here we're going to deal with what happens to leftover bits. Mochen shehakoves motzi, hare elu shalo. That uh, let's say you have a uh, person who does uh, who who launders, and uh, during the they're preparing wool for garments, and uh, while they do that, they're washing the wool, and uh, certain threads come out. So you take this to the laundry to have the wool washed to prepare it for making a garment. Some threads come out; those belong. They belong to the laundry person, to the laundryman, uh, who gets to keep them, uh, man or woman. It doesn't really matter. But the uh, the person who's doing the laundry gets to keep those threads because people don't care about those threads; they give up on them. They they have yeyush, theme of our parak. They've given up on them and assume that that's fine. Those are just leftovers. I don't really care about those. The hasoreg motzi, However, the person who does the next step in wool preparation, namely combing the wool, um, takes out many more threads. As they comb the wool, a lot gets caught in the comb. That wool that's caught in the comb actually belongs to the owner of the wool, not to the person doing the combing, because uh, it's a lot more, and people are particular. They, they want it back. Continuing on, So this is a, I didn't know a whole lot about uh, making wool garments before I started learning Mishnah and Gemara. Um, the way it works is that when... Um, when you weave a garment, so there are there are different stages and different professionals who are taking part in this. And so it was normal when they would weave, they would put in a few other threads, outside threads, different kinds of threads, into the edge of the garment. And then what would happen is when you gave it to someone for washing, they would remove those threads, they would wash it, remove those threads, and then straighten everything out. And those threads are just sort of placeholder threads. And those belong to the laundry person, to the washer, um, if it's just those three. However, Yeter Mikain Harelo Shobala Bayat, if a person, uh, if, if the washer took more than those three threads that are just there at the edge to sort of hold it until they wash it, if there's more than that, then they belong to the, uh, the owner of the wall. You can't just you know, take off entire sections at the corner or outside threads. Im haya 
shachor al gabi lavan, no tel hakol v'hinshalo. If there were some black threads mixed into the white threads, and this is assumed that it just it makes the garment not look right, it presumably would be the same thing if there were white f- threads mixed into a black garment. It just you have a, a unicolored garment, and now you have these threads at the edge, and they they look weird. Um, it makes the garment look not look as nice. Then the person who's washing and cleaning and preparing can take all of those threads, even if it's more than three, and keep them because the presumption is that the owner doesn't want them. They want their garment to be washed and look nice and uh, and uniform. Okay. So if you give uh, a tailor some uh, some thread and garment to, to sew up for you, and there's leftover thread, this is similar to the sofer case, the scribe case that I mentioned earlier, if there's leftover thread, and it's enough thread that it would be usable, halacha gets a lot into, uh, you know, what's usable, it's an important concept in terms of carrying on Shabbat, etc. If it's enough thread that could be actually used to sew, which is defined normally as double the length of the needle. So if we go to the needle and then back again, that's considered a usable piece of thread. Then that thread actually does not stay with the tailor. It rather goes back to the owner who gave the thread to the tailor to sew up something. Similarly, a patch of fabric that is three etzba'ot, three fingers by three fingers wide, that's considered a useful patch. Something smaller than that is assumed to be, you know, I don't care about it. It's de minimis. Keep it. I don't want it. But if it's three by three, then the owner, uh, we assume, wants it back. A carpenter, if a carpenter is sanding something, thinning something, and there are there's like a sawdust and uh, and bits that come off, so uh, little little bits of wood, then uh, we assume that those belong to the carpenter and that the owner doesn't really want those. They could take them, you know, mix them with glue and make plywood or something, but that the owner doesn't want it. However, if they're using more of an axe and the pieces that come off are bigger, we assume that the owner does want those. If they're working in the owner's house, they, if somebody comes to your house to do woodwork, then even sawdust, even shavings belong to the owner. Everything is in your house, you get to keep it.